Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome to another edition of the Superflight Podcast, your Kiraskiro NBA podcast. It is Thursday, October 20th, and I'm your host, Joe Borelli. Welcome back, everybody. Um, sorry, this was supposed to happen on Sunday and then get released to the public, to the world, to you guys on Monday. And that didn't happen. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties. You know, Skype is a very fickle thing, I guess. And then schedules trying to line up. It, you know, sometimes takes a minute. Everyone's busy. We all have lots of things to do in our lives. We have jobs. We have people we care about that we need to tend to. And we have sporting events. And we have, uh, you know, emotional needs and, and mental and physical rest that we need that we require in order to be healthy, productive, well rounded individuals. Um, and, you know, I'm a little bit. Just not that right in the head sometimes. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you can relate. Sometimes we're all just a little bit crazy. This has nothing to do with why we didn't record this week. I'm just telling you about myself. Um, but yeah, it was technical difficulties. So tonight I'm going to talk to my good friend Dave Pierce, who is an adjunct professor at the NYU Center for Publishing and Visual Arts. You can follow Dave on Twitter at dpiercemedia. That's at d. Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E, media, uh, again, on Twitter. Yay. Um, Dave's a good follow. He's pretty funny. Uh, you should give him a, a listen. And so, or not a listen, but, well, you listen to him now. You can give him a follow on social media. He's a good follow. Um, you know, I like to have art friends on the podcast because, you know, I'm an artist. Um, I think I let you guys know that once before. So if you don't like artists, tune out. Anyway, uh Tonight, we're going to talk about some Phoenix Suns and Dave's background and why he likes the Phoenix Suns. Um, if you guys don't like the Suns or you don't want to hear about them, now would be a good time to tune out. I won't blame you. I don't really want to hear me talk about stuff either. Actually, that's not true. I think I do this because I do want to hear myself talk. Is that weird? Should I seek help? Eh. Anyway, give a listen. Uh, Dave's coming right up. Be right back. So, what's up, Dave? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Good, uh, how are you? Excited to talk Suns with you today. Yeah, man. Hey, um, why don't you tell me, uh, This is. I mean, we both live in New York. You're obviously an adjunct professor, um, so you definitely live here. At least I would think you live here, right? I do, yes, indeed. Yeah, all right, good, good. Um, tell me about how you became a Phoenix Suns fan. Okay, sure. So I am from Phoenix, born and raised. Uh, spent the first 18 years of my life there, and um, I'm going to date myself here in saying that when I was a kid, they were the only sports team in town. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there was, a, there was a minor league baseball team, but for all intensive purposes, the Suns were the only game in town. And now you have the Coyotes, you got the Cardinals and some other stuff like that. Um, 
And uh, interesting to see how that's played out because they're certainly not the most popular team in the Valley. But when I was a kid, that was it, you know. And um, I played basketball in Catholic school. And when we had a good year and we went to the playoffs, uh, one of those playoff games was on uh, what was known as the Madhouse on McDowell uh, back in the day. So we got to play in, uh, on the Phoenix Suns court, and then uh, it was a thrill of, thrill of our lives. Um, and on top of that, one of my buddies growing up, his dad was Dennis Autry. If you are familiar, <laughs> if, you, if you're familiar with him, he has a ring from the uh, Seattle Supersonics. So anyway, I had access to all of the players back in the day every once in a while. I would, I, you know, he would take me and uh, my buddy David to this, uh, to the games, and we met everyone. So that's awesome. You know, suffice it to say, you know, all, all the way from back from the from the eighties, I've been a Suns fan. So that makes you what, like sixty three now or sixty four or something? Pushing like? forty, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. I still got you beat by a few years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. So you know, being in New York, you still follow the Suns, I guess, as much as you possibly can with your tight busy busy schedule like everyone here in new york absolutely knowing you're a sixers fan i don't know if you do this but i i catch them twice a year they come to the uh the garden and they come to barclay center now that the nets are there so i have two chances yep to uh to see them um the knicks is a tougher one it's always tough to get it to get tickets to nick nick's game without paying a bunch of money it really Uh, but i still manage to go twice a year um and when I'm feeling really uh, hot on the team, I will make one trip up to up up or down, sideways to Philadelphia <laughs> nice. and see them play the Sixers. Um, which I'm sorry to say to you, Joe, but since they are not doing well and haven't been doing well for so long, you can sit pretty close. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know. I usually make the uh, the Thanksgiving trip if they're playing around Thanksgiving because I'll go home to see the family and I'll be like, I'm gonna stop in Philly and go catch a game because oh, tickets nice. tickets are like forty bucks for like you know pretty decent seats. Can, is it a little more expensive just because it's around Thanksgiving or is it still it's just cheap? no, it's just cheap. It's I mean I the, I think the tickets are gonna go up this year. Uh, I think they're gonna start going up this year because of you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid coming back. But we're not talking about Sixers. We're talking about the Suns. <laughs> Right, 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 right. But, but I, I will say that the last time I took the trip out there to see the Suns, um, I, 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 I splurged and I paid a hundred bucks. Ooh, I was like almost courtside, which is kind of unheard of. But um, it, it, that was great. That was a thrill. And so you know, throughout the uh, years here in New York, um, I've gone to a lot of games. And even one time, I was wearing a uh, a Marcin Gortat shirt. He's no longer on the team. Right. He's on the Wizards now. Yeah. Uh, but I happened to be wearing a Marcin Gortat shirt and just by happenstance was sitting in the Polish section. <laughs> and they all went nuts and they all gave me um, free passes to meet the team afterwards. So I met all the sons. Really? Uh, two years ago. That were three years ago now. So, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been catching the games. Um, a little harder to see it on TV. You know, the, the West Coast games, you kind of... The bart- bartenders look at you funny when you ask the like the Phoenix who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's also and, you hard know, to stay up for those games too, man. Like. Oh, I know. Yeah, during the week. Yeah. So they, you know, they're starting at ten thirty. So. I'm making the investment this year, and I got NBA League Pass, so I'm going to be able to watch whatever I want the day after. 
I'll, I'll make sure to catch my Sixers games the day of, and then the next day I'll watch everything else. Yeah, I have Sling TV. I don't know how, quite how the uh, NBA is going to pan out on that, but I've got a lot of the other sports games with that, so we'll see. Nice. Well, let's speak into the Suns. Do you want to talk a little bit about their rebuild? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a haul. I mean, uh, at a certain point, I mean, I think you can relate to this as a Sixers fan. When, when do you just... Do you continue to call it year after year? A rebuild? No. So that was going to be my question. Like, do you really consider this a rebuild? I'm not sure what this is. They kind of, so they started rebuilding a few years ago and got really good, really fast, I think by accident. And they ended up kind of pushing all their chips in and kind of got it wrong. Yes. And so, and so now you're halfway between here and there and they have a lot of young guys. They had, they, I think they drafted well this year too. We'll get into that, but oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah, the draft is exciting. Yeah, but they have they still they have Tyson Chandler now. They got him because they thought, well, we're gonna put all our chips in the center, and he's like, he's just a shell of himself. I don't even. Well, you know why they got Tyson Chandler? Right? Go ahead, tell me. That's actually not because of. I think you're talking about the season four years ago. I don't have the seasons in front of me, but it was four or five years ago. They out of nowhere got some close, somewhere close to fifty wins, and were just scraping the the playoffs and nobody was expecting they thought they were going to be bottom of the barrel and um and like you said then they started saying oh, well and they had, you know they had a couple of good players they had Dragic and a couple of things going they had some chemistry going between Dragic and Bledsoe their current yeah. point guard um and it would actually just accidentally as you as you very accurately called it yeah. accidentally got really good and nobody was expecting it and um I'll talk about their owner a little bit more later if you care to. His name is Sarver, and you yeah. you can consider him to be a very impatient owner. So I think exactly what you said. They they said, oh okay, well, well you know, now let's make a playoff push, and that might not have been like exactly. You, you don't want to be the NBA's funny, and I you know what well, I mean. That's a discussion for another time, but you know with the draft and all that stuff, it it kind of encourages tanking, which is an ugly term. Um, well, the middle is the place you never want to be. You don't want to be, don't, yeah. You, you don't want to be just good enough to make the first round. But yeah, it, yeah. You play the Warriors. Yeah. And like, Come on, yeah. you know. So you really don't want that, right? Um, and so they thought they were going to put all their chips in and got Tyson Chandler, right? At, at a season, he just no. That was a play for uh, for um, for Aldridge. Um, oh, they were going to try and swap and like swing it around and do a, a trade for. Go ahead. Yeah, they were they were trying to get him, and he's good friends with Tyson Chandler, and they and it was really between um, them and Spurs, and they really thought that they could get him, and um, he ended up, of course, signing with the Spurs, which is you know just the way it goes for the Suns. Yeah. Um, but they made a big push for him. That's right. I totally forgot all about that. See, this is why I have you on as a Suns fan. Because, <laughs> so those are those are actually you know I, I don't mean to be uh, pedantic or whatever, but those are. Those are two slightly different scenarios. This one being a little a little later. I'm I'm fact checking myself. Um, <laughs> Feel free. It's something I try never to do. I don't want to know if I'm wrong. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, Which happens I'm all the time. To years right here. Um, but yeah, that that's sort of what happened um, uh, this time around. So so like you say, uh, you know, they made this big play for Lamarcus Aldridge, and they signed. Uh, they signed Tyson Chandler to some would say a rather bloated contract for a uh, an aging center, um, especially at the time. The money wasn't what it is what it is now. Yeah, with all the new rules and all you know the new the new salary caps and all that. Um, 
that it, it, it could be called not the wisest move, but it, but there was backed up by the uh, by what they would say. They, they have a very young center who you may not be familiar with. Um, Alex Lynn. Yeah, Alex Lynn, <laughs> who, uh, you know, I mean, this is kind of the year where, you, you know, people say you got to give, as you would know, you got to give the centers a little more time to develop, right? Yeah. Um, they don't come jumping out of out of the uh, out of the turnstiles the way the other players do, or so they say. And he's been not bad, but not not really good. I you think know? people in Phoenix have been waiting for him to take that next step, and it's kind of like, as you mentioned, slow going, if at all. Like, yeah. and I think they've expected more from him at this point. To this point, yep. is he third, fourth year now? I think it's fourth. I'll have to look Going that into up. Going his fourth year, yeah. This I think. will be his fourth year where yeah. it's kind of like, uh, if you don't really put up the numbers now, you may not really mm-hmm. have plan out to be a top center. And, and um, he was a pretty high draft pick. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was up there. He I was think like he was in the teens, five. right? I'd have to look it up. and Could be, could be, but I, I, I thought it was four or five, a little higher that than high? that. Oh, you might be right. It, it was up there, you know, but it was in it was in kind of a weak draft. But, you know, um the the Suns have been famous for never having really good centers. We've never really, you know, I, I'm convinced. What about uh, Amari? What's that? What about Amari? Or would you consider him a power forward? I kind of consider him, yeah, more of a power forward. You know, and that was a different team. Like that, that yeah. was the force. The seven seconds seven or less seconds Suns or less, were a yeah. very different team. I think uh, you don't even call them centers because <laughs> that would imply that there was some defense being played. I think that's that's <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. But anyway, we're getting off on a tangent here, man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the returning players. So we have Eric Bledsoe. You have yep. Devin Booker. Who's consider the his... face of the franchise now, or the not the face, but the leader of the team. Bledsoe, yeah, I, I love Bledsoe, man. I think he's—I always call him Mini Lebron because he's—he's kind of like built the same way but smaller. He plays kind of a similar game, and he's just like a little bulldog. He just can't stay healthy. Like three years ago, that guy was amazing. He—he he hasn't had a fully healthy season since then, so it's tough to say how he's going to pan out. I mean, they—they they threw a lot of money at him, yeah. and. He is injury prone. You gotta say that about him. Um, and this might be like in the same way that Alex Len is. It's a make or break year. It could be the same thing for Eric Bledsoe. Like, what happens if he gets injured again? Where do you go from there? Yeah, I mean, then you almost put him in Derek Rose category, where the that just the guy can't stay healthy. You know, he could have a breakout year. You never, you never know. I mean, uh, but I, I, I think um, it's an interesting comparison to LeBron. But I, I think honestly, what you know, and it, basketball is a game of numbers where you look at like how they produce game in and game out. And and the one thing that they you will say about Bledsoe's game is there are less points scored against the team when he's on the court. Yeah. He is a fantastic defender. He's a fantastic ball. defender. He's basically the only guy on your team that really defends, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Lynn does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a problem. So you're not expecting a very good defensive season from them, are you? Um, they've never been a, it's just never been in their DNA. It's never been a, it's never been a defensive team. They've always been a run and gun, even before Nash. They've always kind of been that, that high flying team, you know, even back in the Walter Davis era, like, which makes me sound really old. They were, (laughs) they were a fast, they've always been a fast team. They've always been a move the, move the ball up the court before the, their defense can set kind of team and, and look for threes, you know, yeah. we had Jason Kidd in our history and these kind of players, you know, we've always had these players who were just like pushing it fast up the court. So 
defense is another thing, you know. I, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, look look at the the Houston Rockets. They're going to they're going to play totally without defenses here, so it totally can be done. Yeah, but I mean, the, <laughs> well, it's two totally different teams. But we'll see how that goes. You know that well. The Rockets have a much better upside. I mean, there's a lot of people throwing them in the second place, with the Spurs definitely going down a notch. You right, know? right. But let's not. Let's. We're we're getting all over the place here. No, but it, <laughs> it is, no, but it is an important segue because it's the, the one thing that I wanted to point preface all of this discussion with is that the West just keeps getting better. It really does. It's you so know, hard to get in like into the. So we're talking about the Suns and, and how they have definitely improved. And, I, you know, I want to talk about a couple of the new rookies, a couple of people off of injuries that are coming back. Um, they've definitely improved, but have they improved enough? Because if you look at, like, the Jazz and the Timberwolves, like, they're, they, you well, know. Yeah, like, for sure. They've, you know. The Timberwolves have added a superstar in Carl Anthony Towns. And Andrew yeah. Wiggins is going to be, well, we don't know what he's going to be yet, but he looks like he might be, like, all-star soon. They're, they're an exciting team, you know, so it's like that's that's what, uh, you know, the Suns, Suns fans that I've talked to, you know, on uh, shouts out to Reddit, Suns, our Suns, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a, it's a uh, cautious optimism, I'd say, this year. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things going on with them. Um, if I could lay it out for you. Go ahead. We have three first round draft picks, which is kind of crazy, right? Right. Three. Um, and the tradition continues with Kentucky guards. I don't know if you're aware of this. There are five Kentucky players. Yep. I think they're all guards, if I'm not mistaken, which is insane. Five guards on the Suns team from Kentucky. Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, Archie Goodwin, Devin Booker, and Tyler Ulis. Ulis, yeah. Yeah, Ulis being the pickup that they got late in the draft this year. Um, Who I have really high hopes for him. I love that kid's game. I, I see him being a little – I see him being kind of an Isaiah Thomas, which is not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but he's he's undersized. There's no, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's my size. There's no getting around that that's – not not that you're short, but this is the NBA. You Dude, know? I'm 5'9". <laughs> I'm not tall. That's, that's not even short, but this is the NBA, right? So right. Th- the funny thing is, is um, I, you often will look at someone like that. His game is awesome. He's so much fun to watch. He's a pure floor general, like somebody you would consider a floor general. He's he fits that mold to a T. I love his game, and I I don't really watch much watch much college basketball. I only yep. watch really like yep. during during the Final Four, et cetera, and yep. so on. Um, yep. But I did see him play a bit. And, and I don't watch much preseason, but his numbers look good. So, you know, you kind of put an undersized, really talented, but undersized guard. You always kind of think of them as being the, the running the second team. Oh, for sure. For Which sure. is, you know, if you, you take these and, and we'll talk about running the second team because then and we'll talk about another Kentucky guard with Brandon Knight. You, right. you, they got they got They're a little bit. Um, they're a little bit backlogged. Well, let me ask you this. So speaking of Brandon Knight coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to get in this to you with, with you. Do you think he's a trade candidate? I mean, he seems like he's going to be perfectly happy for at least he's showing that he's fine coming off the bench. Right. And, and he think right. you know I think he's going to do a good job at that. I think it's a good fit for him on this team right now, especially with Devin Booker starting, which I think is the way it should be. That kid's mm-hmm. got all star potential written all over him. Oh yeah, superstar potential, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a tricky thing. You know, you have these players that. You know, when he was on the Bucks, he was the, you know, that was a playoff team of the Bucks. Yeah. Though, you know, it was in the East. That was a playoff team, and he was running that team. So, 
this is not a guy who's accustomed to that role. Um, if he fits into it, he's a fantastic sixth man. He's a fantastic second, uh, running the second team For sure. kind of guy. And then you have Eulis backing him up on his rookie year. I mean, you have a strong team if he's willing to accept that role. But, you know, nobody's ever publicly uh, on the coaches or on the officials, the team side or, or Brandon Knight himself have ever expressed frustration. But the fans always talk about how he doesn't want to run he doesn't want to be the sixth man. So I kind of always have wondered where does that talk come from? Because it usually doesn't come from nowhere. You know, fans look right. at their Twitter feeds. Fans read into everything they say in interviews. Well, we also have a tendency to project, too. Don't forget about that. Like, as a Sixers fan, I'm already projecting Joel Embiid to be a Hall of Fame player. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you never know. I mean, that's another, you know, I, I can't wait for to hear you talk about that. that the Sixers, this is an intriguing Listen to last week's episode. <laughs> okay. I'll listen to that. I, 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 I think uh, I'd love to hear your take because uh, similar teams, right? Sort of stuck in this rebound, we're in this uh, rebuild limbo. Logged sort of, but a couple of uh, positions. But um, but anyway, yeah. So back to Brandon Knight. You know, people project, but they do. They they read into their interviews, and they say, you know, when someone kind of says, "Yeah, I don't mind being the sixth man." Or saying, oh, I'll be the six man. You know, they right, read right. into the, It comes know, from they, somewhere. They, it's they in the ether. Somewhere. So people are projecting a little bit on Brandon Knight. Um, you know, I don't. The Suns are interesting. Who do they trade for? Who who wants Brandon Knight? Who needs who needs another guard? Well, I have a great trade for you. I haven't tried to go on like the trade machine or anything to work this out yet. But yeah, Nerlens Noel is completely. Yeah, Nerlens Noel is very unhappy in Philadelphia and has made it well known. They mm-hmm. could use an upgraded center. Yes. Philly could use a point guard. Right. That would be a good trade. Mm, it, it, a good are trade. you guys Colangelo? Is, am I going to make Yeah. Yep. Yep. We got your, we got your retreads. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to love him. He was a very, he was a very well-liked owner. And the no, the one now is, I'm not going to get into Sarver, but he's, because, he, you know, I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors and they've done, they made some good moves this year. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you never know. You never know. Is he trade bait? I, I, I think in today's modern era, I don't think there's very much uh, loyalty. Oh, I think, there uh, never has been. Oh, no, man. Come on. There's <laughs> never been any. Money, money is the, it's the almighty king. when they wore those short shorts, the Larry Birds, <laughs> I think maybe it was a different story. It was a little bit more loyalty. But, um, but like, yeah. if, if so, for instance, like you got Barbosa, who can run yeah. the point. And he's yeah. he's tricky as hell, man. I love Barbosa. Oh, yeah, game. the Brazilian blur. I mean, don't I, I was just gonna about to talk about the two returning. Yeah, but so here's the thing: like, is Brandon Knight redundant? Like, is he seems like a perfect trade candidate to he me? Did. If Tyler Eulis steps up his game and becomes like your backup point guard, yeah. like he, yeah. I think he could. And then you have Barbosa waiting there in the wing. You know, perfect guy to close out games. Perfect guy to close out games. Overtime and stuff like that. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, they have too many guards. You're they have totally too many right. guards, yeah. They have too many guards. They have Bledsoe and um, Booker, assumedly, are going to be the starting guards. Um, I haven't even gotten to Booker because when you when you talk to Suns fans, that's who we're most excited about. Oh, yeah. Talk about Booker. Let me hear, let me hear as a pure Suns fan what your thoughts are. You know, I mean, I think this is the first player that we've had in a long time that that you could genuinely get excited about because you have people like LeBron who are saying this this kid's going to be great. Yeah, you saw him in uh, you know going up against three point competitions with you know with uh, you know with the greats. Well, you know, uh, 
I think he's got massive upside, and he, he was in the three-point competition, wasn't he? I forgot all about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like, and the thing about him is he's one of those players, um, the thing I like the most about him, and I could, I, I mean, I could do a whole podcast about, uh, about just how fun he is to watch. He's almost like we finally have this player, you know, remembering Nash, we finally have a player again that just, like, loves the game, plays with confidence at all times, and that's the sticking point. The thing about Nash is Nash did have bad games, but nobody ever talked about that. Right. You just never knew when Nash was having a bad game, right? Now, the thing about Len, the thing I, I find troublesome about him, when he's having a bad game, his shoulders are slumping, he's, you know, he's body not taking language shots, is body language, and he's not taking shots. You, if I just threw you into a game and you didn't know the score and you weren't looking at stats, You'd think that Booker was on fire because he plays. Even if he was, even if he was 0 for 20 from from the, from the field, he would be shooting like full confidence. Right, and that means a lot. That actually, it's contagious too. Your teammates yep. feed off of it, even if you're missing. As yep. long as you prove that, you, or you show that you can lead the team, you you know by example, and your body language isn't in the doghouse. Yep. Or in the Co- Kobe Bryant was like that. Totally. You know? Kobe missed so many shots, and he, st- he just he always believed he would make the next one. As they say, shoot or shoot, man. Yep. Booker yep. He is a definitely shooter. has that going on. He is a shooter. and But he's got a little bit of, you know, he's got a little bit of uh, a, a, a more game to that. He can get to the net. and uh, He can, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think of all the players he's got for the Suns, he's, he's by far, you talk to any Suns fan, he's the most exciting, hands down. Yeah, and he's so young. What is he? Just turned twenty? Yeah, is something right? like that. And, and he seems genuinely like I follow his Instagram. He seems genuinely like being a son. Um, kind of buys into the history of the team. Yeah, um, that's huge. That's yeah, huge. I mean, you have to put that face on when you're a player for a franchise. But I think that some people genuinely like the organizations they're part of. You know, he could. Yeah, be- you do and you don't. But I mean, we, we just got out. You know, you're talking about teams, team players being miserable. You, I mean, it's it, it's funny. We all have a short memory. We just got off of the Morris twins. Oh yeah, you that know, was another part of that uh, debacle that where they tried to get too good too soon and they got the Morris twins. And oh, don't forget that we passed up Kawhi Leonard for that bump. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but a lot of other people did too. You know, nobody knew Kawhi was going to be this. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, don't well. don't beat yourself up about it, man. Say, <laughs> don't don't do that to yourourself. You're you're a better guy than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just like so they're getting off of this debacle of you know and you and now you have like a new coach in Earl Watson who who filled in for Jeff Hornacek right. after he got fired and the whole team rallied around and told management we want this you, this guy needs the contract we want this guy so I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with that story the uh, team told management we want the interim you know Earl Watson when we when mm-hmm. he took over they yeah. said we want him as our coach that's cool I did not know that. Yeah, so I mean that's a big vote of confidence for the entire team. Like that's 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 huge. So we have a lot of buy-in this year. Yeah. That doesn't always add up to wins, but right. uh, but know, it's a good start, and it's, it's great, great for start. team building. It's great for building the confidence of your young players and yeah. making them feel like they're part of the organization and have a say in things. You know, right? That goes a long, long way. Let me right. ask you about what do you think about Dudley coming back? I mean, that's that's definitely a throwback player and probably someone you're super happy to see in a son's oh, yeah. uniform again right oh yeah him and barbosa you know i'm yeah. sorry when they signed both of those i was like okay and 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 barbosa was kind of i wasn't sure that it makes sense but i'm still happy about it but dudley makes perfect sense because 
Um, and this will preface the other part of the draft, which was really interesting this year. Um, Dudley, presumably, is there to bolster these two new forwards that we have that are very young. I mean, uh, Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, I think what, they're like both? 19, 18 yeah, or 19. They're so young. They're teenagers. So you have Dudley in that same position, you know, a, a, a tried and true veteran, you know, been in the playoffs. And he's going to start this year, right? I, I would guess so. I would. I mean, I think they're just too raw, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched one of their preseason games the other night, and he looked good, man. He hit, like, a, a couple of threes. Yeah. Uh, he's always been deadly from three. I mean, he's, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a genuine vet. You know, he's yeah. like, I mean, I don't want to put him into Vince Carter territory, but, like, he's kind of that one of those kind of players where you just, like, you turn your head and they, oh, man, they got 30 points. Like, how'd that happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's not quite a Vince Carter. That might not have been the best comparison. Oh, but, whatever. You know, along those lines, like the journeyman been a lot of teams, but yeah. just knows Listen, what they're doing. Player you know? comparisons are stupid anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> but knows what they're doing and, right. and, and, and is going to be a perfect mentor to the one other position we're a little light at, you could say, is... is Small forward? Yeah, you know, we have these two very raw guys, and then you have... Um, you have Dudley, and then someone who God, I don't even remember who's the other forward we have. I'm looking up my. Uh, let's see. So, T.J. Warren, no. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, a little bit on the smaller side, but that's that's another person that I wanted to talk about. Go ahead, because he's going to start in in place of uh, P.J. Tucker, right? Because P.J. Tucker's injured. Is Tucker injured? Yeah, I think he's out for like a couple of months, actually, or something. Oh, that's a bummer because he played that guy plays his butt off, man. Yeah, I was going to ask what you thought about the small forward position. Like, it seems like that that position could use some help i don't really know much about tj warren can you talk about him a little bit or tj tucker i mean i I didn't know he was injured i'm a little bit i'm i don't watch a lot of preseason i gotta be honest with you i kind of pay attention to the rosters and i look at the numbers but i don't really watch it because it's kind of a not the best barometer of what's going to happen in the season (laughs) you don't say (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the thing is is pj tucker's a big defensive loss i mean he's a piece he's a pit bull on defense um, the thing about T.G. Warren is, is fans love him, but it's a very small sample size because we drafted him. He looked awesome. He got injured. Yeah. You know, he has very little time, you know, to, to examine. He has very few. But he is a really interesting player because I think he's one of the only. He really. So we were stuck a couple years ago and even last year. In this very unsuns like ISO, I mean, we look like Mello and the Knicks. You know, that's, I love <laughs> Mello and the Knicks, but we look like them on a bad day. Like we, every time, you know, we gave the ball to Morris, it, it just died. He did mm-hmm. some weird ISO play. Nobody moved off the ball. They all kind of just stood there. And um, TJ Warren came along, and you know, this rookie—I think he was a rookie last year, um, young, young even, nevertheless. And he's yeah, TJ Warren is in his second off. year now. Yeah, he zips off the ball. That guy cuts under the. He makes. He, he almost reminds me like soccer, like a good forward in soccer. Like he 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 moves off the ball intelligently. Right. Um. And so someone like Bledsoe with with the with the intelligence. I mean, they once they link up, that could be a really deadly thing. Mm-hmm. Um. There are a lot of people who are really excited about TJ Warren because he's one hundred percent an off the ball player. You don't. He doesn't move the ball down the court. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, he's he's intriguing. I don't know. It's tough to say what's what to make of him uh, just yet. 
but he was putting up some really decent numbers. So he's he's more of an offensive player than a defensive player, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's it's it's tricky. You you know, you're you're TJ Warren, PJ Tucker was the guy who guarded LeBron. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he was he was the guy that you put on their best guy. He you didn't get he he's a little bit he's kind of clutch on the 3, but other than that he didn't really produce offensively. TJ Warren, I don't really I can't really speak to his defensive ability. I don't think that there's much in the way to talk of good or bad right um he's just he's certainly an unknown i guess is what it is definitely but i mean he had he looked good when he was not injured so there's room for growth so that's that's encouraging right for sure and and, and, you know i mean with if he's if he's going to be the one starting which i kind of doubt i don't know i don't really know what their starting lineup is going to look like i think he is the starter i'm not sure actually to be honest with you yeah let's 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 Skip that, because neither one of us know. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, coaches might not know yet. I actually know more about their incoming rookies that they just drafted. You want to talk about those guys a little bit? Like, for instance, uh, Marquise Chris. I watched yep. so that playoff game, or playoff game, preseason game uh-huh. I watched the other night. Did you? Okay. He Tell looked, me about it. I he didn't looked see really it. good. Dude, he, I think he hit five threes. I wrote it down somewhere. I think he hit five, four or five. I think he was four or five from three. He was shooting like 60% from three. Um, no kidding. He wow. got to the rim. He, I think he had like six rebounds. He looked really good. The kid, I mean, like everybody in the NBA is athletic as hell. But he right. was like bouncing all over the place. When people talk about him, the, the, the word that comes out is always athleticism. He's yeah. supposed to just like superior athleticism above everybody. But and it's, I, you know, people always say, can he rein it in? Can he turn it into like, you know, superstar potential? Seems like he has a shot, man. I mean, it's, he, I mean, like a, a legitimate shooting shot not just like a shot to be good like yep. he's he's got some range he can shoot the ball he can put it on the he put it on the floor a little bit but i don't know about his defense haven't really honed into that much um but he seems who knows, who knows with that i mean him him and you know it was interesting because in what come the draft being that we had a cup we had a high pick i don't know what the mechanism of uh mcdonald who was there the uh the gm pulled some kind of jedi stuff and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know, I was watching the draft a little bit, and people and the questions were: Were they going to go for Bender or were they going to go for Chris? That was kind of like the projected. And they ended up getting both, which is they crazy. ended up getting both, and it was kind of like, huh? How'd they do that? I don't know what they did. I think there was something with Sacramento. Don't quote me on it. They 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 did some wheeling and dealing, and they got them both, which was really like, wow, because you know there were there was one side that said you got to go for Bender, right? Um, because he's sort of a little bit more. I don't know. He's, he's really young and raw, but he could he could be great. It's or not great, but they you know everyone was saying because he's so young, he could develop into a really good player because he's already got a lot of tools that you look for. Yeah, but you know when he was playing in Israel, so what he wasn't like not doing anything. You know, right. he was also playing in a man's league, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so people were saying, you know, this this could be the next Dirk, you know, or something along those lines, which is probably a little bit ambitious. Um, and then there were the other side that said, you know, and. Fair enough. These European guys rarely pan out in the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I mean, for, every, for every Dirk, there's a, there's like ten other guys who just just fizzle just, out in a year or two. You know? Oh yeah, exactly. Well, just in general, like the amount of the amount of draft prospects that don't pan out is is staggering. Guys get drafted with, you know, so much upside, so much athleticism. Yeah. And I was going to make this point about about Marquise Chris, like it's good that he actually has a shot already because you see it all the time. 
guys come into the NBA and they rely solely on their athleticism. And within a few years, when you figure out that they still haven't figured out how to shoot, they still haven't figured out how to put themselves in the right places on defense. They still mm-hmm. haven't figured out how to pass the ball or mm-hmm. rebound or rely on their teammates or make their teammates better or work in within a team concept. They just fizzle out. So at least if in the case of, you know, Marquise Chris, he came in super athletic, but he's also got a three point shot. So there's two things right there. If he can develop his defense and if he can like, you know, it seems like he's got some rebounding potential, man, that kid could be really good. And I know during the draft, he kind of shot up out of nowhere all of a sudden. Yep. He wasn't very projected. He wasn't projected very high at the beginning. And then um, I actually think that like Spike Eskin, who I actually had on my podcast last week um, from Rex to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Anyway, Sixers thing. He actually was talking about him like they did their pre-draft yeah. thing. And he just, he was like, you know, this kid is really good. And after he mentioned it, like it just caught onto the national media and he shot up the boards like crazy. It was like, it's sort of weird. It's like the power of, of I don't know, what's what's the word? The power suggestion. of like suggestion. There's the word. Thank you. Um, but yeah, man, he could be really good. And I think they got a few I think they got a few steals in this draft. I think they drafted really well. Dragon Bender, everyone had dra- like had him listed around third because as yeah. you said, he played in Israel. He did yeah. really well there as such a young guy. He's yeah. got he's got really good passing ability. Yeah. He's got defensive potential and he's so young you could sort of mold him since he's already playing the you know, a a, a grown-up game. Mm-hmm. Um I think that was a huge steal for them. Him Chris, and then Tyler Eulis, like we were talking about, I was a huge fan of his game too. So although he's undersized and may never, you know, may never develop into like a great scorer because of, you know, the potential to get blocked because he's so short, but, Mm. and he could just get thrown around and and really injured really quickly. Um, But man, if that kid develops a little bit too, you could have a really, like this could be, this could be a draft that you hit out of the park. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, like you said, though, that yeah, it's it's so, how many, you know, draft picks actually pan out over the years? That's that's a lot trickier to, to, to look at. But, I mean, it really was quite a coup. Um, you know, the GM for the Suns is really kind of, like, considered to be a bit of a magician with that stuff, kind of making something out of nothing. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think those three, nobody was expecting to have three exciting rookies. We thought we were going to walk away with one, like choose between Bender and Chris, which one do you right. want? And then we walked away with three and it was kind of like, wow, okay, that's, you know, and another Kentucky guard, which is hilarious. <laughs> and it gives you some reason to like tune in this year for sure. It, it shot them. I know everybody talks about the league pass rankings, but it shot them way up the board for me. I'll definitely check out their games. I checked. I watched one of their preseason games the other night, and it was it was fun. They were fun, man. They can. I find that because I'm looking. I'm looking at you know like the the projections for 2016. Nobody's talking about the Suns still. Oh, people are talking about them, but they're talking about them as as if they're not going to do anything and they're going to be really bad. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't think they're going to be great. But let's you know what? Let's talk about that. What are your expectations for the Suns for this season? What would you really like to see out of them this season? You know, uh, I think that I, I've, I think they've stacked their chips enough. This isn't an, a, a year to really like. Not that any teams tank, um, but I don't <laughs> air think. Quotes, air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there. I know there's a couple like really big prospects coming around this in this next draft, 
Um, but I, I don't think I think you know we've 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 tanked enough. They have draft picks for Miami coming up, and you mm-hmm. know like I, I think that they're going to be you know, and you don't really play for the picks anyway. I think they should really try to like sneak into the playoffs. That's that's what I think, and get these young kids. Let them get whooped by the Warriors. I think that would be just fantastic. Um, the, the uh, problem you know, with that is there's, again, like you mentioned earlier, there's so many teams in the West that you have to get by in order to get oh, yeah. there. And oh, the yeah. other thing is, like, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit too. If you're playing just to get in, I know there's there's two schools of thoughts on, thought on this. There's the people that are like, there's, not, you know, having that experience of having young guys in the playoffs is mm-hmm. more valuable than getting a new draft pick or getting a high I, draft pick. Are you I, in that school? Let him get let him get spanked by the Warriors. Let Devin Booker smell the playoffs. You know what I mean? That's the way That's I true. look at it. But well, I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, no, it's fine. And then the other school of thought is that like there, it makes you, you know, it serves no purpose to get them into the playoffs before they're ready when you could easily get, you know, just let them get another decent high draft pick, get another really talented person in the mix and go from there and, you know, build slowly and get there when you're ready. I think for me, it's a case by case basis in this sense. In the, with this team, I wouldn't mind seeing them break into the playoffs and getting spanked. I say sneak them in. That mean I really do. I, I mean, so when you talk about my expectations, I'd like them, you know, and, and, you know, it's crowded. Like you said, I mean, what what of the existing playoff teams in the West have you? Would you say actually got worse? The uh, that's are, the, they're not going to be bad. The but Spurs they, are going to be the second best team in the West. You got the Warriors. You got the Clippers. The Spurs don't have Duncan anymore. So right, but they picked up Pau Gasol, and, and they still have Kawhi, and, and, and they and they have Lamarcus. Dude, they're going to be good. Oh yeah. Oh no no no. This the Spurs are going to be top three. But I mean, they're the only team that I'm looking at that's like. Maybe they didn't. I mean, maybe the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks I, could drop out, possibly, especially if, especially if, uh, what's his face plays the way he's played in preseason. Um, the guy they just got from the Warriors. Oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, I don't know, but I did know they picked up Darren Williams this year, didn't they? No, they got him last year. So Darren Williams is actually pretty good for him last I've year. I've always been a fan of Darren Williams. Actually, I met yeah. him. He came to my workplace. He's I, a really cool guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never liked Darren Williams. <laughs> really, I've always liked his game. I, I think the last couple when he of years, wanted to play, I think he was great. But Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, sorry, just came back. To oh me. right, not a fan. Yeah, and he shot like four percent from the field this this preseason. It's crazy. So I could yeah. see Dallas dropping out, maybe, but like their coach is so good, they he gets them into the playoffs yeah. every year. So all right, so then there's Portland. Portland, I think, is going to be a playoff team. They didn't lose anybody, yep. and and. Yep. And Mason Plumley, dude, I was watching one of their preseason games, and that guy can pass so well. Like, that whole team is just a really good passing team, plus they added Evan Turner or whatever. Um, I think they'll be in, right? In, so- in the, the, the Trailblazers are one of those teams because you're talking about Mason Plumley, and it's funny, like, when he was on uh, – was he, he was on the Nets, wasn't he? Yeah. And just, you know, the Nets, they just – such terrible. an unenergetic team. You know, these, these players, they go somewhere else, and it's like they're a new player. You know what I mean? Yeah, seriously. And, 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 I, and I feel like that the, the, the Trailblazers are one of those kind of, those kind of organizations where they breathe new life into these players. So, you know – They and, have to because they, they can't get any stars. Right. <laughs> so that's how the Suns used to be. That used to be sort of our dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we used to be like the team where you – we're going to make you better and – Oh, yeah. They're yeah. known as the team with the best medical, medical staff. staff. Right. 
Or at least they used to be anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that still is what people say, right? But um, but then you, know, so, you got Utah to, to contend with. Utah yeah. is, is really could easily be a playoff team. So, you know, how many of those teams are really battling it out for that number eight position? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a handful of teams, which is unfortunately. But I still say the Suns should shoot for 50 wins. Don't, don't, you know, this play Dude, to win. They're not sniffing 50 wins. I hate to break it. <laughs> they should shoot for it. That's what I'm saying. I meant, I didn't yeah. really mean to okay. say it. Yet. No, like shoot for, shoot for 50. But I mean, how many, how many wins do you need to get into the playoffs in the West? In honestly, the, uh, probably like 46. 46. Remember the 43? The Suns team? Wait, listen, Utah missed it last year and I think they had 44. Well, remember the Sun squad that we talked about uh, with about four years ago, where everyone was totally blown away how good they were out of nowhere. Yeah, they just missed the playoffs, and I'd have to look at them. They, but I think they had forty six wins and didn't get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's what I'm saying. Like, try, try, you try. You could have forty six wins in the West and, and not, not get into the playoffs. And the West is incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's a really, it's so tough, man. And I don't know how they do it after year after year after year. They just stay so. Hard to beat. I don't know how that conference is so much better than the East. I don't know. It didn't always used to be that way. I don't remember it. Being, you know, as a kid, I don't remember seeing the East as this like way inferior. You know, there was they had Jordan and all the you know all this stuff going on. I mean, I don't know. yeah. But after Jordan, man, it was that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it just like switched. Um. So go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What was your expectation? What would you? That's, that's my expectations. I think knock on the door of the playoffs and 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 play your ass off. Get these young guys out there to just battle test them. Try to go for 45 to 50 wins. I know that yeah. makes you laugh. Uh, you know, go for that number. Make that make that your goal. Um, try to sneak into that eighth eighth playoff spot. You know, you never know. And get the young guys like a taste of the playoffs. Make them play against the greats. Give them that. You know. Is try to sneak a win against the Warriors. You never know, you know, and like get you know get Devin Booker up against uh, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank on their stud? Oh, I do it all the time. Who's stud? <sighs> the Warriors. Oh, uh, uh, Clay Thompson. Gee, yeah, no, the other stud. Um, uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, Draymond Steph's, Green. Not yes. Yeah, Andre Iguodala. Play against Steph Curry. Let oh, Kevin speak. Durant. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus you know, let should, we, should we keep talking those, about the Warriors? I don't want to. <laughs> let them play against those guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just take a win against them, you know what I mean? And then you're going to have a very different team next year. That's, but I, I would argue that like even getting that experience in the regular season is still valuable. You're going to get your ass handed to you, but you're going to see what it's like to be a, a real pro in the top of your game. In the top yep. of everyone's game, honestly. But, yep. yep, but the playoffs are different. You know, They are totally you know, different. The defense comes Defense comes into play so much more, even in the West. Oh, you know, sure. teams that can play defense win, and the, the Suns kind of have a different uh, DNA this this time around. I think that they're actually had got some good defensive players. Um, they're they're definitely not seven seconds or less. Um, people were talking about hiring um, uh, Cookie Duster. What's his name? Um, that you got me on. I have D'Antoni no oh. again, and, and everyone's like, "No, don't do Wait, that." What, what is Cookie Duster? What is that? Mustache. Oh God, he shaved the mustache. <laughs> did he really? Yes, I want to see what did. does that look like. He looks weird. He looks oh a little, yeah, that that was his identity. You know, he was the Pringles man. Um, <laughs> I was a big fan of him as a coach. Really big fan. I mean, yeah. it made it made sense for Amari and Nash. And he was that, a, he, he was, was a uh, he was assistant coach for the Sixers last year. I don't was know if you know that. Yeah. Who's he, who's he coaching for this year? The Rockets. 
No kidding. Yeah, dude, he's changed. He's turned. He's turned. Um, oh my god. Here I go with the names again. Um, you know what? I'm gonna edit all this out because like we sound like dumb. James Harden. He he turned James Harden into the point guard. James Harden is now their point guard, which I think is a brilliant move. Again, they're not gonna play a goddamn lick of defense. But that's genius, though. No, that's yeah. Not they're gonna outscore every freaking team in the league. They're gonna be play. They're gonna be scoring 120 points a game. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. I can't wait to. They're they're up there on the league pass teams. And I'm not a big Houston Rockets fan either. But oh yeah, they're, they're gonna be fun to watch. A lot of people are projecting them number two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that, but whatever. Them and the Clippers. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's Clippers sounds a little more correct to me. Clippers is a whole other thing. I got to get somebody on to talk about that. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, if you're such a, the, the, this elusive Clippers fan, have you ever met one? Oh, no, I've never met a single Clippers fan. <laughs> I not not one. Fans. And I've got to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. I, as a Phoenix Suns fan, you always hate the Lakers and you always hate the Spurs. Yes. But you know what? You can't hate either of those teams nowadays. And when I, when I go to the Barkley Center, uh, I have a friend who's a Lakers fan. Um, she drags me to those games. That team is horrible, mm-hmm. and they still, like, the Barkley Center is, like, 80% yellow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Their fans Good travel fan base, well. yeah. You know what I mean? But Clippers fans, no, no. idea. Um, and, well, but, they were mired in mediocrity for so many, many, many so, years. But, I mean, I mean, hey, they're, they're a good team now. They're like a really good team this time around. Like, I, I, I think that they, they're not going to beat the Warriors, but. No. You know, no shot. That's, that's one of the teams to beat. I mean, uh. So really, who do we have that's looking to be the bad teams in the West? Really, it's the Lakers. Lakers. Who else? I can't even think about the rest of the bad teams. It doesn't like why would I spend my time? There, there aren't <laughs> any though. There aren't any. I think people are putting this. They're lumping the Suns in with the Lakers. Well, and... the Wolves aren't. I don't. A lot of people are projecting them to maybe sneak in there, but I don't think they're ready yet. Mm, you never know. You, you never know. But I think you're. I think you're right. Um, but I mean, those are it, it, those are going to be the teams. It's going to be the Wolves. It's going to be the Suns. It's going to be the you know the Jazz, who potentially could be knocking on that eighth eighth spot. And I say, you know, if I were <laughs> if I were in charge of the Suns, which I am not, um, I would say go for it. You know, get get these young kids a sniff of greatness. Give them give them confidence. I, I never understood, you know, as as an athlete at growing up, you know, I mostly played soccer, but I mm-hmm. think it's all the same. You, you play to win, no matter what. You know, I, I never understood. Well, yeah. It's that that whole adage about the whole thing about tanking. Like players don't play to tank. Players want to win every single time. It's the it's the ownership that tanks. It they, doesn't. It, yeah, they do. But it it just it, that doesn't make sense. It's not how you build a young team. Like you don't you get a young team to like really gel, really like make them like surprise themselves. You know, do well against the Warriors. You know, steal a couple wins against teams like that. Yeah, and, and I think you have a different looking team. You know, so so the next time around, they're gonna have like a little bit of a little swag. You know, it's it's. I think it's the way you got to do it. You know, totally. Give give them confidence. Why not? Let them try. Let them try. They do have some. They have some <laughs> veterans, and they have some young, really good players. For me, if I was a Suns fan, and you know, I'm just a fan of the NBA, so right. here's what I would want to see. I really want to see. Not a Suns fan. I'm not not a Suns fan, right? I'm a fan of every team except for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I were a Suns fan, I would really want to see Devin Booker make a huge next step. That would be number one on my list of things I wanted to see. What we're all looking for, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to be so thrilled with him to begin with, which we've already talked about. I would want to see, uh, I think Alex Lynn might be just over at this point, but maybe he can, maybe he can come around. Who knows? But more than that, I really want to see something out of Marquise Chris. And if Dragon Bender is going to have a career 
and if it'll pan out to be what everyone was thinking it was going to be when he was drafted. I'm really high on Marquise Chris. I don't know why. I kind of really like his game, although I don't. He's so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to watch. But I would be really, for me, it's always, I always say this, for me, it's always about, it's almost exciting as exciting for me watching a team grow as it is watching them get to the pinnacle of, of the sport, to win a championship. It's not the same. But it yeah. is really exciting. Like, this is what I've talked myself into for the last three years of the Sixers season. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, I, I love to get emotionally invested. And so, like, I just want to see those guys get better. I want to see them grow. I want to see them become complete players. And, you know, and I always get I always get involved for some reason in, like, their personal character, which is stupid on my part. But <laughs> I like to see that, too. But for me, I would I would think if they could finish somewhere around, I think they'll, they might finish. Here's my prediction. They might maybe get 37 wins. What do you think? Too low? Uh, make me predict 44. Yeah. 44? Mm-hmm. All right, so over 500. That's good. You think they'll make it in? No. Yeah, yeah I don't think so either. No, just barely, um, and I think that'll be enough for this season. Um, I don't know why I'm, I'm predicting. like I should predict like a fan and like, I have money on it. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 48 wins, man. No, I, I think realistically 44 um, figure out the character of the team. Figure out what to do with this backlog of, of guards. I think they're reluctant to go and trade Brandon Knight right now because he's a fantastic player. Why, yeah, he's good. why trade a developed player when you have a couple of maybes under your under your belt? You know. And he's also an insurance policy in case Bledsoe goes down. If Bledsoe goes down again and you know that you can't rely on him going forward, which is yep. I, I hope that's not the case because, again, I love Eric Bledsoe's game. Me too, um, too. But if he does go down, you know, you still have Brandon Knight. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like, it's sort of like, I was mentioning Noel trading him to the Suns, but I don't want to get rid of him. I love New Orleans Noel, but he's also insurance, the insurance policy for Joel Embiid. So, like, you can't really trade him yet. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I think, I really think you hit the nail on the head. I really think that's the way the management is looking at Brandon Knight there. Like, we can't get rid of this guy. I mean, he's, he could, he could debt. You would, without hesitation, have him run your first team. He may not be the best in the league. He might right. be in the middle. Maybe twice. But he can handle the first team. I mean, he's, he's a top-notch point guard. So why get rid of him? You know what I mean? Especially when you have an injury-prone other point guard. The question is, is can, can Brandon Knight's ego handle it? I don't know. I never thought of him as an ego, ego, egotistical player. But, that's but all he, I think of when I think of him. Have you seen him play? <laughs> yeah, that's different. He's an than unrepentant his shooter. I think you have to have a big ego for that. Of course, but you know, uh, he, but you know, he, I, he's never publicly, at least so I've I've seen, said if that I'm not going to be the six right. You know, he's never grumbled about it. Um, and you know what? If you're in that position from the start and you're going to be there for long term, dude, make the sixth man your thing. Be the sixth man. Get that yeah. award. You know, yeah. it can only help you going forward. I, I mean, are there examples of famous sixth men though? Like who? You know, who who would you say is like I, I don't Jamal know Crawford. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like <laughs> So, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, this This is a team, so I don't know also if you know this about it, I, this may have changed in the last couple of years because things changed with statistics, mm-hmm. but the Suns were the winningest franchise to never win a championship. Did not know that. Yeah, I so little it's tidbits. been very frustrating over the years to be a Phoenix Suns fan, not going to yeah. lie, because it's not like being a Cubs fan, again, this year's an anomaly with them. But Cubs fans, they've always been like, we're going to lose, whatever, never making the playoff. The Suns, we've always been teased. 
There's always been yeah. like, you know, even back in the Walter Davis era, you know, we it, there was always that one person in front of us. It was Magic Johnson, and then it was Jordan, and then it was Kobe Bryant standing in front of us, you know, and, uh, you know, just always just a dollar short, you know, which is just the worst because, you know, it really it's is. always so close. Or the Spurs or Duncan was standing in our way, you know, it was always like just so close to being, you know, world champions, to getting that championship or even going to the championship we've only done once. But, you know, as far as wins, we've always been in the conversation of the best NBA teams, except for now. Right. We're but I was going to say that even that, that seven seconds or less team is known as one of the best teams, like one of the best teams that never won a championship there. Yep. That is not not a victory. That is a major victory. Your 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 franchise has Lakers, had a historical period. Lakers and Kobe were better. I know. I know. It's it's. Play. But you got to take the minor victories, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, so I mean, the point is though, we're so we're going off. This is one of the most winning, winning sports franchises in history, right? And we're on a seven-year playoff drought. It's rough, you know. And in the NBA, you don't really even consider making the playoffs all that big of an accomplishment. It's kind of like the MLS, where like most people make it, you know? Like, yeah, right. It's like ah, and there's <laughs> seven years not making the playoffs. So you know, I don't. Long-time Suns fans, we're losing a lot of our sort of casual fans, which is a shame. That is a shame, you know. Because they're they're used to we used to have so many uh, foreign uh, fans and European fans who liked us just because of, of Stoudemire. They liked us because of because uh, of Nash, and they liked us because they were fun to watch. Even before then, they liked us because of Barkley. Right. Um, they were just like a, a team that played with passion, and it's just been really hard to watch them the last five or so years. That I, I you know I, I I have a lot of hope um, this year that it's going to become a fun team again. And I think that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for it to be an exciting, fun team. That's why Chris is such a good addition. Yeah, exactly. You really hit on, on what kind of player he's going to be. That's what you want, man. If, if your team's not going to be good, you want them to be fun. It's, yeah. like, it's like an art. If you can't paint well, paint red. If you can't yeah. paint red, paint big. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's but, Or is it the other way around? Big and then red, I forget. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. I think your team's going to be fun to watch. I'll be tuning in more than I probably ever would have. Good to hear it. Yeah, good to hear it. I mean, I, I think there's there's a little bit of measured excitement amongst the fans, you know. Again, I follow like Bright Side of the Suns, which is sort of our fan yeah. our bigger fan blog. Um but then but then Reddit uh has a sun pretty active like Suns subreddit, uh where we all have a little bit of measured hope for this team. I mean, we were not expecting to have three exciting rookies this this time around, and we do. We were really happy to have Jared Dudley come around. Leandro Bar, yeah, everybody yeah. loves Drew. I mean, yeah. Barbosa yeah. coming back, that's, that's, you know, he's just, he's made a rubber. I don't know how that guy is still doing what he does. So. Seriously. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, you just hit on a really big, really, really important part of sports in general. It is about hope. Sports, for whatever dumb reason, gives us hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> if they're giving you that, man, I think you're already in a good place. Yep, yeah, and I think they're doing that. I mean, uh, they're, they're, there's a lot to watch. Um I, did, I wish I would have watched the, the, the preseason as much as you. Well, um, I have no life. That's not true. But. Well, no, I just, I, I, you know, I used to watch the preseason games, and then I just, I, I, I looked at it at, too analytically, 
Yeah. And when the real season came, you were like, wait, what happened to the... Yeah, I don't even know what to watch anymore. I don't know what's going yeah, on. It's just, yeah. it's all, it all seems to go out the window. It's really... Well, right. Preseason is sort of a, a complete anomaly. It doesn't... Anything that happens in preseason is not going to carry over the season. Like, everybody on the bench is playing all the time. So it's, it's not so indicative weird. of anything. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. They, they want to get a look, especially with the Suns. Yeah. You want to see who you're going to keep around. young guys, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's the only reason Tyler Ulysses is getting playing minutes right now. I hope he gets some during the season. He's another one that's really really fun very quick super quick and sees the floor so well i think you got a steal on the draft this year i mean i think with when you have a second team if you have a really good second team that's your opportunity you know you're going up against uh you know you're going against the against the warriors for the first team and you're down you know you can hold them to like 10 to 15 you know you can keep the game within punching distance and then you have a better second team you're all of a sudden beating teams that you shouldn't beat you know what i mean and they have a nice bench. They have a nice bench this year. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, man, I should let you go since you have tons of stuff oh, to do. Gosh, yeah, I just realized that there. Where did the time go? <laughs> it's fun to, fun to talk to you about this stuff, yeah, man. man. Plug your stuff. Plug your stuff real quick. Uh, yeah, so yeah, davidpierce.org, uh, visual artist, um, also a professor at NYU, as you mentioned. Um, also getting my MS in Columbia University. It's keeping me busy. Uh, run an art studio. Here in Brooklyn, and uh, that's about it. Come follow me on Twitter at D Pierce Media, um, and you'll see me on Reddit, Sons as Mayonnaise Hands. Ow! Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for okay. coming on. And uh, yo, you have an open mic anytime you want it. So if you want everyone to talk some Suns during the season, you let's just let me know. Let's talk man. Let's let's uh, let's let's see where we're at mid-season, where all our projections are headed. That sounds awesome. Sounds good to me. All right, dude. I'll all talk right, to you soon. Joe. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Dave Pierce. Follow him on Twitter. He's a good follower. He's a good guy. He's a lot of fun. He likes the Suns. Um, That's it for me. I'm going to have another episode coming up on Monday. We're going to talk some Pistons basketball. So, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, you can follow the show at SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. If you listen, whatever format or medium you listen on, please rate and review, and you'll help other people find the show. If you like the show. And I know you love me, because I love you. Anyway, it's been real, peeps. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.